This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Well, the last time that we did this, we said, hey, don't you worry. Steelers are going to get themselves some wide receivers depth. Well, we might as well be a couple of Nostradamuses in here, Jacob, because that's exactly what they did. There's still more to come. I expect it to happen through the draft, of course, but Miles Boykin waved by the Baltimore Ravens, picked up by your Pittsburgh Steelers, and I like the move, if none other than just the fact that our third string wide receiver was Anthony Miller before this pickup was made, and I have a little more faith in Miles Boykin than I do in Anthony Miller. Absolutely, Tom. I mean, Miles Boykin was on a prolific offense. Granted, it wasn't necessarily a prolific pass-first offense, but it was an offense that was clicking on all cylinders before it lost all of its pieces, including Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. But Boykin was a big receiving target for Lamar Jackson in 2019 and in 2020. Now, he obviously had a much quieter season in 2021. No question. He played half the season. you, You can't make a splash when you're making, you know, when you're playing 50% of the time. So, yes, 2021, not the best sample size for Miles Boykin, but if you look to the past, he was a good receiving option for Lamar Jackson. And considering he's coming in behind Chase Claypool, behind Deontay Johnson, it's hard not to enjoy this move, especially because you got the guy off waivers. You had to give up absolutely nothing to get him. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's no risk involved with this at all, and you could reap a pretty decent reward. Now, I think right off the bat, he slots in at three right now, obviously, on the depth chart, but you want him to be number four, right? You want that wide receiver that you take in the draft to be, and you're assuming you take that wide receiver number one, number two, potentially, but you want that one pick to become your number three wide receiver and potentially push Claypool and Deontay for that number two or that number one spot. But having Boykin now slide into that number four spot, assuming you do draft that wide receiver, and then you can kind of battle Miller and Olszewski Mm -hmm. around for that number five in that pretty much final spot as far as a receiver that sees action on the field is concerned. So that, you know, we said it when we were doing our depth chart power rankings, and we said we're cheating a little bit because we know that the Steelers aren't going to just let that receiving core stand pat where it is now. And you can really see just two days later that picture becoming way more clear as far as what are the the core five going to look like. I think we've got four of the five down now, and it's just that rookie that's left to fill in that final hole. I mean, you could even say you got five out of six because if you include Gunner as a guy that could come into some unique kind of packages, kind of like Ray Ray McLeod did last year, I mean, I think that is your that is your six. You got the two starters that are guaranteed in between Deontay and Claypool. You got the backups in Boykin and Miller. You got Gunner, and then you're going to get a rookie. But I also wouldn't hate it, Tom, if, as we've said before on this show, there's more than one rookie on this team at at the wide receiver position. But I do expect the first receiver taken, no matter where he is taken in this draft, because you can assume it's going to be probably within the first three rounds, to be the number three guy. Yeah, and I still am not ruling out the fact that they might take two wide receivers in this draft class either. I I think that that's always a possibility with a team that, you know, it's not exactly like they went out and they got OBJ, right? Like, let's not, we're we're excited about this signing, but let's not make it seem like, oh, if there's a second wide receiver that's there in the third or fourth round that you really like, have a high grade on, Mm -hmm. you don't have to not take him just because you signed Miles Boykin, you know? 
the more cooks you can have in this kitchen, I think the merrier when it comes to this position. I think you kind of want to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and try to find a good depth uh, unit here at that wide receiver spot. The other thing with Boykin, though, that really, you know, jives as far as the M.O. with this offseason is concerned is he's only going to be 26 years old. Like, this guy's been in the league for three years, 26, like you said, played in every game for the Ravens in his rookie and his sophomore season and only played in half the games last year due to injury. But he's still raw, and there's probably a lot of talent there that hasn't been tapped yet. And it just, again, it fits with that M.O. for the Steelers this offseason of, Bring in young guys, bring in guys that, you know, their ceiling is still potentially higher and still potentially going to be reached as they enter into their prime. So it's not exactly like, oh, this guy's been around for a while, bring him in just to be a body, and, you know, hopefully he plays significant uh, a significant role. Like, it's not like a Dante Moncrief kind of thing where he's been around the block a while. Like, his best days Goodness, could, let's hope not. <laughs> his best days could be in front of him still. Yeah, I mean, when, when Moncrief came in, he this was what? The Pittsburgh Steelers were his third team. I believe he was on Washington. I believe he was in Indianapolis to start his career. So, yeah, he had been around the block. Oh, Miles yeah. Boykin, what, was a rookie in 2019. So he's not even in the, within the first four years of his career. This will be his fourth year of his career. Really, you could say it's going to be the third year just because of how little playing time he had last year in 2021. So he's still got some fresh legs. He's still got some growing to do, some learning to do. And unfortunately for him, he 18-year veteran like Ben Roethlisberger to kind of coach him through a training, a mini camp, and then a training camp, and then an entire preseason. But you could still, even though you're that young and you have younger teammates around you, it doesn't mean that there's still more for you to learn from others, even though they're not this this future Hall of Famer. Right, exactly. And sometimes the change of scenery is just good. I mean. The Ravens have been trying for years now to get a good number one type of receiver in there to help that passing game, and he was one of a long line of people that they've tried to take in a draft and and make that happen with that just hasn't really come to fruition. So maybe it's just a good little change of scenery. And Um, and how how better of a change of scenery could you do from Baltimore, who you've just mentioned that struggles to produce wide receivers, coming to Pittsburgh – who all they do, mm-hmm. where all they do is produce receivers no matter where they get them from, whether it's in the early rounds of the draft or in the latter rounds of the draft or via free agency. There's a franchise in recent memory, probably since Kevin Colbert took over, that has done a better job at developing receivers like the Steelers have. No, I think it's a good point, and I think that you know it goes well for the point I made about him still being young and still having a potential in front of him. Maybe you can tap into that. Maybe you can coach him a little bit better, uh, surround him with better talent around him so it's a little bit of an easier job for him to break into this rotation of wide receivers. Yeah, I I think the Steelers have a great track record as far as that's concerned. And again, Boykin's still young enough that I think you can mold him into the player you thought he was going to be when he was coming out of college and the player that he really hasn't, you know, turned into. Now, Mm -hmm. Do have to look at things a little bit with a grain of salt. Maybe if you want to look at the other perspective, he was waived for a reason. And the Ravens are a team right. that is desperate for wide receivers. So is it them, a sign that right, them waiving yeah. him isn't necessarily that great when they need receiver help desperately? So the writing's kind of on the wall for how they really thought about him. Hey, we need receivers, but we don't want this receiver. However, though, they're so limited in receivers, does it really matter that much? I mean, other than Hollywood Brown, I could not name you another receiver on that team, Tom. And Hollywood Brown has had a little um, less than ideal sure. 
you know, uh, feelings towards the Ravens in this offseason. There was rumors that he might retire at one point. So, yeah, he, Rashad Bateman, you know, he's still – I think the jury's still out Bateman, on him. Bateman, right. That's hurt. the only other one that's of, of noticeable Right. Name. He was hurt last year. So you have to let that rookie kind of show what he can do. But and, and then when he did come back, Lamar was hurt. So it was kind of like the two ships that passed in the night, they weren't able to actually play with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin DuVernay is the third listed wide receiver on the roster. So, I mean, I mean we all know the number one target is Mark Andrews. But, yeah, those – those three guys, Bateman, of course, still the jury being out on, that leaves a lot for the imagination. And you're really hoping that those guys can step up if you're a Baltimore Raven fan. And I honestly don't know if you have much faith in them to do anything more than they already have, Bateman excluded. And maybe that's the wall that Boykin kind of ran into, that they just don't know if there's anything from him. Let's wave him. Let's go into this draft knowing we're going to take at least one, probably two wide receivers. Yeah, I'm very much okay with it. And the thing is, the acquisition of Boykin does absolutely makes absolutely no change to I think the Steelers' draft strategy in terms of targeting receivers, which is why. Course, yeah, it doesn't at it's all. It's not. It's not like you. It's not like the Steelers went out and got Mitch Trubisky, and now it's well. Is there really a need for the Steelers to use one of their first or second round picks on a quarterback? Because they have one now. They have two guys who could potentially be starters, not just a Mason Rudolph. When you go out and you get a Najee Harris in the draft, right, you don't feel such a dire need to go out and get a veteran backup to him. Case in point was last year, they just Steelers went along with Benny Snell and Kalen Balaj and, and Anthony McFarlane. I think the same can be said here. You go out and you get a Miles Boykin, that has no effect on you saying to yourself, well, we don't need a receiver now. Uh, what's the point? We got Miles Boykin. We got Anthony right, Miller. That right, that right. totally exactly. shores up the receiver room. No, exactly. They're not going to be tempted to not take somebody mm-hmm. in the fourth round if they like him just because of a Boykin Right. Or it's, it's the opposite of the Mitch Trubisky of the Najee Harris. Those guys shored up those those position rooms. Right. Miles Boykin and Anthony Miller, the combination of the two of them, even though you bring in two guys, does really nothing. Exactly. and Other than add depth. Would not even rule out one of them not even being here if they get better talent at that wide receiver I think, spot. I think it would take drafting two receivers. To push one of those two off the yeah, roster. Yeah, because then you have, what, two rookies, two starters in Clay's, or Clay's, Claypool Jason, and Johnson. Deontay, and you're going to keep Gunner just because of the punt return And aspects. then that leaves the two of them. So can you go with seven receivers? Maybe. <sighs> That's a pretty tall task. You'd have to throw at least one on the practice squad and, hey, maybe – Miller or Boykin survives on the practice squad for a couple yeah. of weeks until someone but inevitably gets the, the hurt. The problem with those guys is, is that they are capable of being a third receiver option. Yes. So I don't see them being, oh, even though it's not really up to them, being okay with just being stuck That's on fair. a practice squad in Pittsburgh. That's fair. I think they would want to explore other opportunities because they would believe that they could get on the field. I, I think you're right about that, especially someone like Boykin, who's still young and has a lot to prove. You get on the practice squad as a player that age, you start to worry that your days are numbered because with you ha- when you have that much youth on your side and you can't find yourself onto you know, even an active roster that just doesn't get a helmet on game days, eh, things are probably getting a little tight for right. you as far as But I don't know if that's going to be the case. No, I think Bo- I, if I could you know, peer into the future, I- I'll, I'd say Boykin is your fourth wide receiver this year. And yeah. I'd, I'd say they take one in the draft and they just don't end up getting that second one. 
So, okay, I was going to ask, how likely now, with Boykin and Miller on the roster currently, how likely is it that they go for two in the draft? I think now it becomes a luxury. So now it becomes, sure. hey, we have a second-round grade on this guy that fell to the fourth round. Let's take him. But if mm-hmm. it's, hey, we're in the fourth round, and eh, these are pretty much fourth-round receivers, fifth-round receivers, eh, we don't really need to take Let's take another position. The only way I see them taking four, or four, four, two. Four receivers in the draft. <laughs> Whole new unit. Line the only, change. The only way I see them taking two is that it's Kevin Colbert. There's a guy there that he's had his eye on that no one else right, has. Right, exactly. And it's too good of an opportunity to pass up on, even if it is in the fourth or fifth round. Now, another wide receiver that has made national headlines. Oh, yeah, big big ones. Big national headlines. He is, the, I would say he's the number one story in the NFL right now. And the reason we're putting this here in a Steelers episode and not, you know, in an NFL-centric episode like we usually like to do is because I saw that the Steelers are actually among the betting favorites to land this guy if, indeed, a trade is explored by his team. Tom, quit teasing. Who's the guy? It's Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers. Can you I know, believe that? I when know you f- you're just as shocked as I am. When you first saw that pop up, whether it was NFL Network or ESPN, what was your initial reaction? Because I, I thought to myself, what is Debo doing? Well, he wants paid, but then more reporting came out that it wasn't a matter of money and that the Niners are willing to give him some of this buku money that you're seeing receivers get. He was mad about his usage in San Francisco. I mean, he's Dude, being, you made an all-pro team. I know, but... Let's look at it from his perspective. Let's let's step into Debo Samuel's shoes right now. You're being used as a running back, mm-hmm. and that is a very tasking position as far as the toll it takes onto your body. Getting hit like he has been, in the trenches like he does, I kind of see where he's coming from. I don't from know. From his perspective. I might disagree. From his perspective. But from my perspective, I think he's changed the game. I think he's he's Tom. a mold changer. He's somebody that we've pointed to and said, we want to see Claypool doing more mm-hmm. of that. And so, you know, you want to make all that crazy money? Use this as leverage and say, Tyreek Hill got this much. I'm a running back, too. Mm-hmm. You know, remember how Bell was leveraging the wide receiver and running back mm-hmm. aspect in his negotiations? Do the same thing, Debo. Get a couple extra $10 million on that bad boy just because you're saying, hey, I get hit more than Tyreek Hill. Right. I need $10 more million than him if I'm going to play running back wide receiver hybrid. Uh, from my perspective, I agree with you, Jacob. I think it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. You are utilized in a way that has put you – I'm not to say he wouldn't be put on the map by himself if he was on another team, but this has just accelerated his stardom with how unique he is and how much fun he is to watch. Yeah, this guy was a second-round yeah. pick out of South Carolina, didn't really make a big scene his rookie year, and then you come in 2021, you make the All-Pro team. Tom, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Something Le'Veon Bell didn't do that Debo Samuel did accomplish set an NFL record. The guy set the record for most rushing touchdowns by a receiver in a single season in NFL history. So I don't understand why he's not using this as leverage, as you said, to say, I can get this money. Maybe it's not like what I thought I would be used as, but clearly I'm the best at it. Pay me the money and I'll do right. it for you. No, it's, it's exactly. kind of, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Juju, right? Juju mm, saying, I'm not the slot receiver that you want to use me as. But guess what, Juju? That's what you're best at. And that's why we wanted to keep you as that slot guy because we had Deontay as a, as a, as a, as a Z guy. And then you had uh, Chase Claypool as your ex, or maybe it's vice versa. I, I'm not entirely sure, but you know what, what point I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, and and Juju you. was the slot guy. He wanted to up his value in terms of just statistical numbers 
kind of shows you how the the lack of awareness Juju has with the game of football, just making it all about numbers, saying, oh, my average is high and, and my touchdowns are high. That's all I care about. The crazy thing, too, about Debo Samuel is the fact that he let he set this record for rushing touchdowns by a receiver. He also had a record, I believe, led the league last year with 18.1 yards per reception last year. So he's a man of many talents. He's not just this receiver who can run the ball well. No, that's he the can thing. create the separation like he, yeah. down the field. No, yeah, he's not just a a, a, a little. You know, who was the the running back that used to run the wildcat all the time? Out of Miami, Ronnie Brown is that the, right? Is Ronnie that the Brown guy? and Ricky Williams, like that combination. Ricky kinda. Williams was a stud when he was in his prime, but at that point, you know, he was kind of at the end of his career, and Ronnie, they right. were kind of like it was kind of like a one-trick pony thing. Debo Samuel isn't that. Debo Samuel is just so immensely talented. Mm-hmm. You want him to have the ball as constantly as possible. I think Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic coach for Debo Samuel. He's putting him in some great situations, and again, the Niners have said they're open to give him all that money. I don't see why he would feel that he's being used wrong when his usage has led to him being one of the premier names, household names in the NFL. He's launched him to superstardom. He obviously has the majority to do with that and being so talented and great as he is, but you got to be used in the right way too. You know, talent just isn't everything in this league. A lot of talented people out there. You need to be put into positions and put into situations that make your talent shine brighter than others and he has been in San Francisco and it's a team that has been one of the better teams in the NFL in the past five years and he's become a part of that since becoming into that fold I mean Super Bowls NFC Championship games I mean one of the better franchises going right now and you want to be out of there you want to be traded away I don't know man that that seems a bit odd to me it makes no sense this is a team that was like he ain't in Detroit like right three, now, you know. Like you're three years separated from the last Super Bowl appearance that this team made, and most of the team from that Super Bowl appearance is still there, including the head coach, which I think is extremely important. Technically, the quarterback is still there. We just don't know if he'll be he'll starting. Start, yeah. But now I think this team has improved, even from that Super Bowl appearance. I mean, I think the best example of that is the fact that they got back to the NFC Championship game this year. Yeah. After being they had to in go to Lambeau and Dallas to win. After like, being in what people consider the best division across the entire NFL. So you came out of that division not necessarily on top because that was the Rams, but you still got to the playoffs. You didn't like get beat up by your division opponents and beat up on them just to go 500 and miss out on the playoffs. You did enough to get there. And then as you said, Tom, you went on the road not once, but twice to make it to the NFC Championship game. And it was just that Kyle Shanahan weird thing of unable to hold on to a a halftime lead you lost it but still I mean you were one half away from making it to the Super Bowl this team the the defense is a top five defense in the NFL the offense there are question marks just because you don't know who's starting at, at quarterback but the exclamation points are George Kittle and Debo Samuel that's one of the better one two punches in terms of of of, uh, and I, you know what, man? I would even throw options. Brandon Ayuk in there, too. Yeah, sure. Why not? He's solid. For also, too, we're, we're forgetting Elijah Mitchell. You know, <laughs> they have a lot of talent on offense. Elijah man. Mitchell, arguably, I don't even think it's an argument just because uh, Travis Etienne was out all year. The third best rookie running yeah. back last year behind Javante Williams and Najee. Yeah, they have a ton of talent, and they got a guy who's a mastermind at using it in Kyle Shanahan. Now, 
I don't know if the Niners are going to honor this. You know, it's still up to them. They have control of Debo Samuel through contract right now, so it's not like they have to honor his trade request. And I find it hard to believe that a young man in his spot trying to get that first big contract is going to sit out. If he was paying attention to Le'Veon Bell before him, that path to doing things really blew up in his face and I think is going to deter a lot of people from taking that route. So I'm sure he'd play for San Francisco if it came to that point. He might sit out this training camp, might not play a damn preseason game, but I bet come week one he's going to be suiting up in a Niner uniform and playing for the team in whatever role that Shanahan wants. But to bring it back to the Steelers and them being linked as far as the favorite in the betting world to pursue Debo Samuel, if the Niners were to open up this trade... Would you think it would take, like, two first-round picks to snag him? We saw what Tyreek Hill commanded. I think it would take at least one. I I, I just think that the Steelers being a betting favorite is sexy, and it gets people to throw money on them because, you know, it's a popular name, and there's a lot of Steelers fans that would love Debo Samuel to come here. So, hey, let's throw 50 bucks on that prospect where I just don't think it's that realistic. I I don't think you want to mortgage that much future and on top of that, have to sign this guy to a considerable amount of your cap space that you now all of a sudden have for the first time mm-hmm. in forever. So, I mean, Debo Samuel on a Steelers uniform is really sexy to me. It's not the time, not the place for it. Not for the Steelers. No, that's for no, sure. No, no. I, I, I think now if you're a Baltimore Raven, that could be dangerous. Right? I mean, can you imagine Debo Samuel as this running back hybrid wide receiver. Oh. Oh God, with Dobbins in Baltimore, and Lamar, yeah. I mean, that's the team that I would maybe throw two first round picks at them to get him. You know, that's. I mean, that's the team who I think desperately needs a guy. I mean, you could. You can't I, draft the receiver, so take an established one, right? Right. Take an established one who fits your mold better than any other receiver does in the NFL. No question about that. So. There's teams like the Ravens, obviously, that I would look at to say if this trade does become a thing, they should maybe go hard at him and try to get him. Uh, Green Bay is another one that if this trade, they have two first-round picks this year. Now, we have speculated in mock drafts we've done in the past that they're going to take two wide receivers with those two first-round picks. Well, what if you just made Debo Samuel those two first-round picks? You know what I mean? So that's another team that I would keep my eye on as potentially knocking on the Niners' door. But if I'm San Francisco, I might be like, we didn't want to trade this guy in the first place. We're just going to accommodate him. Ain't no way in hell we're trading him in the NFC, though. You know, there's a lot of difficult things that would have to come to pass for this trade to go down. No, I, I agree. I, it's, I'm, it's I'm, almost He's almost too big to trade. Do you, you know? think... Like, okay, so we are officially, Tom, one week away from the NFL draft. Yes. Officially. Does, officially, officially. Official. Today. Does the trade get done... Will Debo Samuel be a San Francisco 49er in one week from today? Um, I think if the Niners trade Debo Samuel, it would be because they drafted someone they love at wide receiver in this draft class. So they, you think I don't ma- think they move on from him until they know for sure they have at least somewhat of a succession plan. And even then, I would just not trade the guy. We need Do him. We're think- trying to win a Super Bowl, right? We need him. Do you think there's a, a push scenario? You know, I said... By this time next week, will it be a San Francisco 49er? Do you think there's a first-round draft trade, including mm. Debo Samuel, a package that includes Debo Samuel? The only reason I would say no is because I don't know why the Niners would see the need to move up so far unless there's one right. guy in particular that they really love. Right. No, I don't see that scenario playing out either. I I see him playing in the San Francisco 49er uniform next year. Now, 
recent suggestions of player movement would tell me that that he will probably get moved. Hill gets moved. Uh, I mean, it seems like these guys aren't I, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Anymore. I'm blanking on the name. Hasn't there been, like legitimately blanking, hasn't there been a guy that has said, I kind of went out of whatever team I'm playing for, and then he ends up playing there and he does really well? Was it in a receiver too? I mean, I, receivers are the ones that usually talk the most about getting out of places. Right? What I, is it with receivers? I don't understand them. Very uh, more of the touchdowns, right? Right. So that's that, I guess that feeds so. the ego a lot, no doubt about it. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, though, one last thing I wanted to touch on and kind of shoot down really is these reports, these rumors of if the Browns were to cut Baker Mayfield, the Steelers would be interested and want to sign him tomorrow. We're shutting those down right now, That's right? That's just not a thing. Like, I, I don't understand why people have such a need to see clickbaity stuff like that and glom onto it as if it's going to happen or it's a possibility. That's just all. It's trying to get your clicks, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to waste time talking about Baker Mayfield coming to the Steelers. That just ain't going to happen. Steelers aren't going to bring in Baker Mayfield. They got Mitch Trubisky. They got Mason Rudolph. They're going to sign somebody else. They might draft somebody in the first round. Like The two things that keep getting floated out there the past couple of days has been they might get Malik Willis or they might get Baker Mayfield. I'll give some credit to Malik Willis. That's a possibility. I don't think he falls to the Steelers, but if he were to, I wouldn't be opposed to them taking him. Mm-hmm. Baker thing, though, is just on a completely different different planet of, I just don't of think reality. It's I don't just think you've been paying happen. attention to the Steelers if if you believe that to be true. Jacob, how many times has Mike Tomlin avoided praising Baker Mayfield? That's, that's the only argument you need. He doesn't like the guy, right? Mike Tomlin loves to praise guys Anybody. on other teams. He'll make the backup tight end look like he's the but next not Mike only Ditka. That, but like on other teams, not just on the Steelers. That's what I mean, I'm saying. Like yeah, he'll, he'll say the Browns' yeah, third-string tight end is like Mike Ditka out there. He's Every time the Steelers have gone Baker. up against the Browns since Baker Mayfield has come into the NFL, you have not heard, I don't think, at least one word of praise by Mike Tomlin toward Baker. Not just that. I'll go one step further. Sure. How are you going to bring him into the locker room and say to T.J. Watt, here's your quarterback, oh, the guy I swatted the ball out of the air five times the last time we played? Yeah, Not only I that, but like every there. time that I go up against this guy, it's open season. It's, <laughs> this is the one guy I, I love going up against because it's just so easy for me to, to destroy. Yeah, it's a stupid rumor. Don't pay attention to it. There's a 95% chance that your starting quarterback in week one is on the roster right now, mm-hmm. either Mitch or Mason. Yeah. And I'm living that 5% out for potentially getting a Pickett Willis. or a Willis yeah. if that does happen. But, again, that's like a 5% chance in my mind. So, Baker Mayfield rumors, put him to bed, folks. Ain't going to happen. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We're going to be doing some mock drafting in the next episode. Mock draft 3.0 for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming your way on the next edition of the Steelers Standard.